I, I predict about uh, 45% of the industry won't, won't exist within the next six months. I think a lot of restaurants that were already selling close to the wind um, prior to, to Corona um, use this as a bit of a smoke screen to get out of it before the next financial year, you know, to, to kind of fold neatly. Uh, this was just the kind of tipping point of, you know, forced reality. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Old school hospitality is very different to the old hospitality habits. As the industry tries to resuscitate itself, is it an opportunity to let go of the old habits and bring back the beauty of old school hospitality? Duncan Velgamut is the owner of Africola, a restaurant that not only carved a path for restaurants in Adelaide, but set an agenda for the new wave of Australia's dining. Duncan, how are you going, mate? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Listen, uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff and and particularly an article that you penned for The Guardian uh, just in the last couple of days. But could you just run, run through um, the early stages of the pandemic and the impact that it had on your business? Um, well, I mean, like... You know, to, to put it bluntly, it was a 82% drop in turnover straight away, obviously, um, you know, so overnight. So, you know, for us scrambling to um, find out, you know, uh, you know, what we could do, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, you know, it was, um, you know, that, you know, that's so difficult to actually navigate, you know, Um it's and especially for this this kind of hospitality apocalypse, like because there's no there's no zombies on the streets, you know. You don't know if you're doing too much or too little. You know, it's like, you know, it's 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 one of the the crappiest apocalypses ever because there's no real, <laughs> you, you know, the only real impact is um, having to shut your restaurant doors. You know what I mean? Really, you know, or staying at home and drinking too much and watching shit TV. You know, I mean that that's our apocalypse. So it's you know it's pretty lame to be fair yeah it sounds frightening actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 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 for us i mean it was it was just trying to do the right thing and follow guidance and guidelines because you know i talk about um you know the pandemic being a steamroller effect it's kind of like the you know the steamroller in austin powers you know you can see it coming from ages away and you're not really doing anything to to really navigate that until it's on your doorstep you know, and then and then you're fucked. So you know that's been the, the the scary thing about it. What have you done to adapt to that situation? You know, you're left with only a takeaway model. Um, you know, and what's it what's this period been like? I mean, the reality of 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 making money in that scenario. Well, look, I mean, you know, um, takeaway. Like, I mean, first of all, we were you know we were pretty good going into the pandemic anyway. Like, um, you know. All our leave, annual leave had been paid out to our staff prior. Um, all our super and shit was up to date. Supplies were up to date, you know. So, you know, we were looking, we are sitting pretty, pretty well. And then pandemic hit. So it gave us a little bit of a cushion um, of doing the right things earlier because we could see, you know, in the market how this was actually going to play out. And and having those, those prior debts going into something like this um, is, you know, would be quite harrowing for any other business but so we we acted early um so we didn't actually you know we haven't been um 
you know, uh, acting on knee-jerk reactions, you know, closing, shutting, opening, closing, opening, you know. Um, so it was, we had a clear, a clear kind of mindset of, okay, you know what, we're, we're going to switch to takeaway immediately. Um, and, you know, what takeaway has done for us is, <clears throat> you know, keep motivation up for our staff, keep staff employed, keep them busy. Um, you know, uh, just keep the, the managers and the operators within the businesses. Cause I mean, there's a group of businesses that we, that we all kind of operate, um, on, on the corner of, of, uh, North Terrace and East Terrace. So it's not just Africola, it's Africola, there's Golden Boy, there's Celebar, um, you know, as a collective uh, sort of entity. So, you know, for us, it's just been like putting our managers in their position, keeping them happy. That filters down to the staff, keep the staff motivated, keep them happy. And then, and then you know, um, in the early stages, you know, trying to navigate, you know, is this going to be a temporary uh, thing or um, should we actually look at um, this being a future you know, it's something that, you know, we have to adjust to in the future. And unfortunately, it looks like, you know, um, this will be um, the new norm. But, I mean, that's what it is. The I think the industry's um, changed forever. So, You know, you, you just sort of painted a picture that's probably not like many other restaurants in the sense that you were caught up, you financially were in an okay position when this happened. You know, can you give us an idea of what the realities are for most restaurants out there and who were probably caught on the hop with this? Well, um, I, look, I mean, I, you know, I, I predict about uh, 45% of the industry won't, won't exist within the next six months. I think a lot of restaurants that were already selling close to the wind um, uh, prior to, to Corona, um, you know, uh, use this as a bit of a smokescreen to get out of it before the next financial year, you know, to, to kind of fold neatly, I suppose, um, which is the reality. Uh, this was just the kind of tipping point of you know, forced reality, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, living week to week or living even month to month as a business um, wasn't, you know, isn't isn't an option now, you know? So um, I reckon, like I said, in the next six months, I think 45% of businesses will be closed, <clears throat> small operations <clears throat> uh, moving forward. Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose, you know, in the future, what businesses would probably be looking like anyway would be one that would be, leaning on a retail slash restaurant perspective, you know, um, but it's definitely not a, a good time to be a fine diner. That's for sure. In that article that you wrote for the guardian, which was a cracking read and, a, and, a, and, but brutally honest, uh, as well, which would have been hard for some people to read. Um, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. You know, there was a bit in it where you said that you've let go of the old world. You've let go of what the restaurant was or what the industry was before this pandemic can you can you tell us about that and what you what you mean by that well i think i think the big thing is is like you know um restaurants uh you know very very few restaurants in the you know in the landscape um are um focused at a need or a community need you know what i mean like you know you op open up a bakery in town because there isn't a bakery right you open up a butcher shop because there isn't a butcher shop, that kind of shit. You open up a supermarket because that's what the, the town needs. And I think we've had a, an, um, you know, uh, over oversupply of, of food businesses, right, um, that were, you know, the community didn't, you know, would use it as special occasion or whatever, um, but it was surplus to, to, uh, to demand, right? A lot of these businesses also, um, or a lot of food businesses gear themselves up to, you know, um, be a certain way, 
<clears throat> because that's what a particular list wants, right? You know, it's the cookie cutter, you know, what's a, what does a three hat or two hat or one hat restaurant look like? You know, let's tick the boxes. There's a design element. There's a PR element. There's a social media element, blah, 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 blah. All this shit that doesn't actually matter. You know, you go into this business because it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's not a, this isn't a means to an end, you know, not everyone's Marco Pierre White, you know, um, you know, this is, this is what you do for the rest of your life, you know? Um, and I think, I think that kind of focus, um, was lost for a very long time in, in food businesses, you know, um, whether it's now, you know, I've got a, I've got a high profile restaurant. I'm going to open up another three and then you watch them all just collapse. You know what I mean? Because people weren't looking at, you know, what is the community needs, um, you know, first and foremost, and you know, what is an essential business. And I think for us at Africola, we, we recognize that we recognize that way early on is that, you know, for us being in little old Adelaide, you know, it doesn't mean no matter how many awards we win, <clears throat> it really doesn't affect our day to day, you know, um, it doesn't matter how many times I'm on TV or doing, doing shit like that. It literally does not matter to the table or two on a Tuesday night. They're there for the food. They're there for the experience. And then they go, go home. You know what I mean? Um, and we, we are not, we are not that destination place. We're an everyday eating establishment. And I think, you know, that's what we've always focused. And we've been lucky enough to recognize that, cultivate it and, and, you know, be powerful within that market. Um, as opposed to, you know, um, you know, winning all these fancy awards that actually, you know, right now mean absolutely nothing. And it's only unfortunately going to get worse as we head into a potential depression um, where those things are going to be even more meaningless. And you can already see it in the, the sort of collapse in that kind of media um, as we speak, you know, another, another institutional, you know, that was already sailing close to the wind prior to COVID. What are some of the issues in the industry that perhaps government could address or the industry can address to create a better hospitality world? Look, I mean, um, I suppose, you know, one thing is like, look at our tax system. You know, I'm not going to be the one like, oh, we're paying award penalty rates and blah, 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 blah. You know, people get paid what they should be being paid. Um, and we just have to live with that. And, you know, to kind of circle back from that, I think is wrong. People need a lifestyle. Um, so, you know, looking at wages and penalty rates, like a lot of my colleagues shout for, I think is a mid point. People need to earn a wage and that's just what it is. Um, in regards to the government, um, the pressures they put on us, you know, like paying two payroll taxes, you know, um, you get penalized for employing people, you know, um, you know, things like outdoor dining fees, things like liquor licensing, things like, um, you know, two music licenses, you know, PPCA and APRA that we're that we're paying just to have music in our restaurant you know it's those little things that cripple business you know um when and it's you know it's very hard for me you know like you know paying these fucking taxes and these bills and shit that's fine you know um it's what we need to become a you know successful democracy and you know um civilization but when you know big conglomerates and and you know australian billionaires and corporations don't pay any fucking tax it's really hard when you're paying two payroll taxes you know plus gst and you know payg and fair work and blah 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 super all this shit mounts up when at the end of the day your costs lie in those costs not delivering food you know there was something you said a little earlier which was about 
you know, potential future restaurant models. And it was about, you're not just a restaurant, you'll probably have a retail element. You know, what what, what sort of impact um, do you think that's going to have on our connection with food and producers in this country and the landscape of this hospitality industry, which was booming, you know, previously from a culinary perspective anyway? Sure. Um, look, I think without giving too much away, um, we're, we're, we're focused, we're focused on a, a, a new model that we're working on like literally every single day now. Um, and you know, it ties us directly to producers. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of middlemen, a lot of distributors that probably go under before producers do. Um, and I think what that does is that would help producers to be a little bit more savvy or, you know, take that time to, you know, because obviously they need to increase their margin to cut that guy out. <clears throat> and then, you know, you would be working without um, that distributor, which gives you direct connection, which gives you that direct relationship, you know, and it's all of us together, you know. Um, it's also better working directly with producers because it's better for my margins, better for their margins. And you cut the you know the p- person out of the the equation. I think, you know, th- that's one in regards to you know um, being closer to 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 the producer aspect. Um, I think on a retail perspective, I think people are going to be looking at um, you know all sorts of ideas. Really, I mean, I don't think takeaway is going to go away anytime soon. I don't think. Um, you know, I think even if restaurants all open up, no restrictions, everyone go for it there's going to be a pretty, pretty terrible decline in disposable income. Um, and I think, you know, we have to acknowledge that the bottom 95% of the equation is what we should be focusing on and become a everyday fucking um, business. I think that is absolutely essential. Um, is that, you know, it's, it's being in hearts and minds of people once a week, twice a week, three times a week, as opposed to, um, once a month, twice, you know, twice a year, you know? So, that I think that that's going to change, and I think if you if restaurants or food businesses don't acknowledge that you know a bigger steamroller is fucking coming, I think um, they're going to be left behind. That's a really interesting point. Like, how how has it felt in Adelaide? You know, and and has there been a greater sense of community, and is there a willingness for that to what you're talking about to happen, sort of almost immediately? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's like people bag South Australia and Adelaide out. Um, and, and it's, you know, in times of crisis and times of pressure, you know, you really see people stick together, you know what I mean? Um, and and even to, you know, even to our customers, you know, we are so fucking lucky to have the community that we have behind us um, that we feel that, you know, anything moving forward is, is going to be a positive anyway. And, you know, everyone's come together because it's not just us suffering, you know, it's not just bloody restaurants, like restaurants are the most profiled, but it's everything on the way down. You know, it's producers, it's winemakers, it's grape pickers, it's fruit pickers, it goes right down the food chain. And, you know, um, when we stop buying, they stop earning a living and, um, you know, and it's, it becomes very difficult. So it's become a lot of, there's been a lot of, um, bartering there's been a lot of i'll cook you dinner you know a winemaker in town you know doing some errands it's like you know what mate come you know grab some food on your way up you know you're a healthcare worker come in it's free um and i think that's been one of our our biggest things is you know what as as long as there's food as long as we're producing food like the only way we really know how to look after our friends our family and our communities by cooking for them and i think 
um, from doing that, you know, the community's really rallied around. You know, we've had customers drop off baked goods, winemakers drop off cases of wine, you know, distributors dropping off cartons of beer like you know cool you know there's your sandwich here's a carton of beer and it's been it's been really great um and really positive because in these kinds of scenarios it's very easy just to adopt a gallows humor you know um and you know like a barman cheerfully ignoring a death in a pub you know what i mean it's like for us it's it's you know we've really had to motivate each other and it's been really easy with uh, this community in south australia you know and you you're reaching out and helping and giving that sense of community to everyone like but what about you how have you felt personally during this period uh yeah i mean look it's been it's been really it has been really difficult like i'm not gonna lie like in terms of you know um personally um you know i've, I've lost a lot of money in, in the last three months um and it's been really difficult because it's you know we, i do work fucking hard and i don't drive a mercedes you know what i mean um you know so so being hit with actual family financial losses outside of you know outside of a restaurant that has been the hardest part you know um i think and also you know i'm i'm someone who defines himself you know with the work i do and being in this purgatory has been pretty pretty difficult as well you know what yeah. what are some of the positives to come out of this experience for you look i think i think um from a professional perspective it's been very very liberating because you you know it, it's very clear to see what's what's important you know from a from a business perspective you know um what you know all the all the fat is being trimmed you know everything's been dusted you know what you've got you know even in apocalypse, how strong your model is moving forward, uh, and that's been that's been really positive, you know. Um, and you know, I think that's the thing that we should be focusing on is is what is important moving forward. Um, I know a lot of people aren't going to make it through this period, um, and that sucks and it's fucked. Um, but you know, the people that do, I think, have the opportunity to to be confident in themselves, confident in their product, and actually worry about the shit that actually needs worrying about. You know, not whether you've got two or three hats. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, what matters is your everyday food on the plate to your customer and that person coming in, you know, once or twice a week. And then you know, you know what? You can be untouchable in this market. So what what is this um, new restaurant model that you're talking about? I know you don't want to touch too much on what your plans are, but, you know, in the day-to-day -day restaurant, when, what what are the things that matter, do you think? in the restaurant perspective moving forward? Um, look, I think, you know, like for us, um, it's about, well, I suppose I th the model that I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards is almost like guilt-free eating, you know. Our biggest, our biggest uh, you know, our biggest competitor now isn't um, the restaurant next door, it's the housewife or the house husband, you know, however you want to look at it, the people that cook at home, um, you know, we need to be accessible enough to deliver consistent food, tasty food, healthy food where applicable um, and at a better price point than they can go to the shops and do it themselves. You know, I think that's just the reality. And instead of being, you know, like pissed off about it, you just kind of have to go, all right, sick. Um, is this going to affect my hat rating? Who gives a fuck? You know, is it going to be um, paying my staff? 100%. So, you know, that is, that is the model, you know, um, yeah, 
basically. I think, I think, as I said, without giving too much away on what we're going to do, not not because I'm an <laughs> arsehole, just because I tried to press um, <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 not 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 for any of that kind of stuff. It's just that you know, um, we're still we're still um, we're still navigating it, navigating through the concepts and stuff. Like, you know, again, it's like you know, restrictions east today, uh, this morning in South Australia, they were allowed ten people inside, ten people outside. So. You know, that again kind of goes, okay, well then, you know, do we stick to our guns or do we open? Like these decisions are are made and calculated and strategized. You know, we don't just fling open our doors and go, okay, cool, come come in. Because who the fuck wants to eat in a dead restaurant? You know what I mean? So from an industry perspective, you know, what's going to be really important moving forward? I think we have to we have to stop kidding ourselves. We need to be essential food businesses. I think um, you know, working with smaller teams, um, having a, finan- a financially sustainable model, um, you know, business model. And when, when I say that, you know, it's like when I was coming up, you know, you kind of offered two kind of um, two, two models, right, of, of business. You either have a, um, you know, a chain restaurant or you go fine dining, right? Um, when you look at the fine dining model, it's either – work yourself every service with one other staff to etch out a living or have a restaurant that loses money hand over fist um, before you get offered that big lucrative media contract. You know what I mean? And you've seen it with Rene Redzepi. You've seen it with Heston Blumenthal. Like these are, those are the models. That means nothing. That That is like, throw that shit in the fucking bin. You know, we're back to mom and pop in the fucking 1800s, I think. I think what we're doing now is, you know, slowly building teams again, um, only spending what we need, not in, not fucking employing publicists, not employing influencers, um, you know, to, to tell our story. I think, I think we're going to have to tell our own story and those stories aren't going to be cookie cutter anymore. They're going to be very individual, um, to each venue, you know? Um, and I think that's, and I think that's the exciting thing as well, because that opens up, um, complete narrative, you know, I mean, as you know, dude, and the amount of restaurants you eat in, you can you can canvas two, three hat, two, three Michelin stars across the world, and it's so fucking samey. It's you know they've ticked these boxes. The 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 use of ingredients, you know, um, one day I'll serve it on a pebble, the next I'll serve it as a pebble. You know, it's like, <laughs> and you'll see that across you know multiple restaurants. Um, that's done. That's done. I think now it's it's you know people actually having the freedom because you're you're throwing away the shackles of those expectations to to be something you know um, and but it has to resonate with the community and the diners more than ever just for them to come and spend money on a regular basis in your venue. You've had some pretty horrendously difficult times, and there's no doubt that there's more ahead. But what's made you feel proud during this time? You know, they've. Um, They've they've worn the stresses. Um, they've bent over backwards for you know for 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 the place. You know, you know my casual staff. You know, um, the ones that could afford it, eating all their meals outside of Africola. You know, and bringing it back to their family. And you know, I think and you know, as I said, the the community whipping whipping together and and kind of supporting each other has been really fucking good because you really also know who your friends are and who your friends aren't and and who is in it for the bullshit and who's a fucking sycophant and who's actually there for the industry. That has been so crystal clear. 
so beautifully crystal clear. And I can tell you moving forward, that shit won't be forgotten by the industry. There's so many charlatans uh, that have just, you know, disappeared into nothing, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a new awakening. You know, it's the grand equalizer and it's fucking sick. What, do, what are you missing about restaurants at the moment? The, you know, it's the, the social, you know, the social interaction, like um, the choice, you know, I can, I can probably vouch for a lot of chefs um, when I say this, you know, like we can all cook, we can all cook beautifully. How fucking shit is eating your own food every day? You know what I mean? Like day in, day out. That's, that's the thing. So it's, you know, I miss eating other people's, you know, other chefs cooking, other techniques in a different space, looking at wine lists. You know, being, you know, having, having those little, those little moments going, oh, cool. You know, oh, that, that's a really good price for that wine or oh, I've not seen that before or oh, I've not seen that technique. And, you know, that's, that's what I miss most, you know? Um, yeah. And also seeing, seeing friends in their elements, another big thing, you know, seeing other chefs fucking kill it um, or front of house, you know, n- nail it on, on, on their service. I mean, that is also so satisfying to watch. Um, an experience and it's not really something you can replicate at home really so yeah now i know you're you're a guy who likes to enjoy restaurants and you you don't mind to have a good drink either you know when when you're finally you know in a restaurant that and eating friends food that's cooked for you you know and you do you'd love to champion the regions around you as well in south australia what what are you going to drink what am I going to drink? You know what? I'm going to actually have uh, a pint of Coopers and a shot of Jamos. That's it. Like that. Like my first drink will be at the Exeter. A pint of Coopers Pale and a shot of Jamos. You know, um, that yeah, that 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 encompasses. Um, you know, that encompasses being back. You know, it's quite an engine starter. That's for sure. It's a nice little starter to afternoon lunch. You know, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I can buy. You know, I can buy wine at bottle shops. I can buy beers at bottle shops, but it's that just that in context at the Exeter, you know, open doors, you know, the smell of bleach and urine, you know. Um, yeah, pine of, pine of pale and a shot of Jamos, please, Kev. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, mate, um, really appreciate you chatting today. Uh, you're a bloody legend. Good luck with everything and really looking forward to – you know, the new Africola, it sounds bloody brilliant. Um, thanks, dude. Thank you. Um, thanks for chatting and keep in touch, eh? Of course. Love you lots. Cheers. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.